Shut up around. and sit down. Okay. There's no more sense of the word behind you. We're all waiting for Joshua to kill us. Well, Bree got the beginning for him. I don't have my headphones on and I can't see this. Bree decided to talk right I at the beginning of the intro. I can't see the thing. <laughs> well, that's usually what Josh does. As soon as I'm like, perfect. okay, Timing. quiet. Quiet. We've got, uh, we've got well, stuff going on. I wanted to make on. sure that I, you know, my voice is deep, nice and deep. And I it's fill not. in properly for Josh while he's gone. To be clear, compared to uh, Jeremy and I. Your voice isn't that deep. Not it's so way deep. deeper than Jess's. <laughs> <laughs> I had somebody recently tell me that my voice had changed over the last nine and a half years. Uh, I'm Bree getting says, older. I so. was just going to say. Yeah. yeah. So if you ever call Bree and leave a voicemail, you'll hear what her voice sound like 10 years ago. Nothing <laughs> like today. That's how long so it's her real. voicemail's been yeah. there. Oh, yeah. It happens. Well, she, okay has, that. she has a medical condition. Oh, right. That's okay. It affects so, my vocal cords. Uh, welcome to the New Utah Podcast. I am your host, Chris. I am a uh, Utah transplant. I live here because I love it here. But we also have our friend Jessica. Here's your favorite radio station in your favorite radio city, the city by the bay, the city that rocks, <laughs> the city that never sleeps. I'm Jessica. Oh your mistress God. of events. <laughs> You guys were asking me before we started who was going to get the uh, bullshit meter instead of Josh. I think. Did you, I get it? I, I you, actually got it. Well, Brie got bing, the first bing, one. Bing. Sweet. You, you, you do know what that is, though, right? Yeah. No? I said yeah. Oh, 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 sorry. <laughs> I still can't Well, now that. somebody has to over explain because no. Josh isn't here to over explain. Nope. Oh, he would, too. He would. People he can would. do their research. Uh, Josh is not here. Actually, Josh is. Um, under the weather again, which is uh, okay. unfortunate. The guy gets sick a lot, doesn't he? He does. We need a Josh 2.0 on this show. <laughs> yeah, a backup. <laughs> oh, we do. So my uh, my lovely wife, Bree, is uh, filling in for Josh today. Josh 2.0. Oh, yay. You got to swear a lot and pass out on the couch. Yeah. Can you start uh, drinking more than no. just ginger ale? <laughs> Did you put vodka in that? Is that half vodka? Uh, no, this is just a nice, plain old ginger ale. You nice are. Soothing on my throat. You are failing at being Josh. I, I, I was okay in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. Don't worry, we'll come back to that, I'm sure. Okay. I like to berate you and yeah. Josh and yeah. other people. That's all right, I can take it, I live with you. <laughs> we also have Jeremy. Hello, happy to be here. Jeremy from Salt City Home Designs. Yes, that's me. Thank you. Uh, he's busy. I don't even know how he's here right now. He's not uh, this sick, time of year is crazy. Everybody realizes it's getting cold and they want to get their houses in the ground before it freezes. So it's been a little crazy. We also have a uh, very special guest with us tonight, uh, Raven Wolfson. Wolfson. Hello. Sorry, the Utah's kicking in there, Raven. <laughs> um, not spelled like the bird in English, right? But Not spelled like the bird in English. Very, uh, very different. It actually is the Anglo-Saxon spelling, which uh, our word Raven came from. Uh, I could tell you the whole story if you want to hear it. Uh, <laughs> I think that would be a valuable story. I do, too. Okay. I'm interested to hear. So there were many Germanic tribes in Northern Europe uh, early on. And there is a formalized version of, of called Old High German that the word Raven was Rabe, Rabe, R-A-B-E, plural Robin, which is where Batman and Robin actually came from. Oh. It's Batman and Raven. Ah. It's not Batman and Songbird, which makes no <laughs> sense. <laughs> um, 
It might. <laughs> that makes a lot more sense. Well, if you look at their wardrobe in the 60s, maybe. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what happened is that because unlike Latin, other languages like that, the tribes were not so tightly woven together. And the Saxons were over uh, basically in the area that we think of as Flanders, that area. And they were invited silly people, they were invited by the Britons to come over. They said, we will give you land if you will defend us from the Picts. <laughs> and they said, sure, that's a fine plan. Let's do that. So they had a dialect of German that they were speaking, which is what we call Old English, which they brought with them that uh, is different. So the formalized, the more formalized versions of German were still cultivating in Central Europe, but they came over and brought this more archaic version of it. And uh, that's why we had, we had Auf, we had, we had a lot of the German words as part of Old English, Auf and, and Rafe and anything with an F. And then 1066, William the Conqueror comes over, the Normans, right? brought the French dialect, and all of our Fs became Vs, which is how <laughs> Alf became of. Uh, if I were to pronounce it properly, it's actually Chaifen, because they would roll the H, Chaifen, and it's, it's related to a Proto-Germanic, which is a kind of a hypothetical German dialect, that... The name for the raven and many other animals came from the sound that they made. So the name for raven came from Hachen. It came from the sound huh. that they made. Awesome. And then that became Hreifen. And then that moved into dialect. And then eventually we dropped the H and it became raven. Wow. That's cool. So that's a little bit of uh, English language history. <laughs> that was amazing. I that like that stuff. And I'm I sure too. I could bore you to tears with more. But oh, no. I, uh, no. Uh, not this group. <laughs> uh, Wait, is that a challenge? I'm just kidding. It might be. We have all weekend. <laughs> well, Jeremy, the bees are put away. Bees are done for the season. They're all put away. Closed up. Done. So, so Josh is no longer an expert after twice. Oh, he'll claim it next spring. Don't worry. <laughs> and you've got all winter to, to hear about it. Yeah. But we'll bring him back in the spring and let him try again. Yeah, you should uh, let him do it on his own. Like, that. don't be there to coach him. See how that goes. No, Jeremy wants to keep his beehive. No, I think the beehive will be fine. I we'll think it's just fine. Josh out there laying in the lawn dead. Yeah. <laughs> With Ebo next to him, probably. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so... Um, Oh, did we say we're the new Utah podcast? Because I don't know if we actually introduced the show yet. <laughs> we're 20 episodes in. You'd think they'd know by now. That's, oh, well, and we forgot to say, this is the 20th episode. It is. It is. It's a heck of a milestone. It's we can almost is. drink. Yay. Five Woo! months. Five months. Almost drink. Josh has <laughs> drinking down pat. Um, but uh, we've got some events this week. A uh, big week for us. Um, but uh, a lot of other things going on. Yes, there are a lot of things going on. First and most importantly is the debate, uh, Misty Snow versus Mike Lee, uh, today, tomorrow, Wednesday. I don't Wednesday know. Night, Wednesday 12th. night. Yeah. Wednesday. Uh, what time? 6? 6 p.m. on the BYU campus in the KBYU studios. Um, it'll be televised on most local stations, uh, on the radio. Uh, also 
on C-SPAN if you're feeling saucy. Uh, and which, like, burning, which burnings to follow? Yeah. How did that location get chosen? It's I kind don't of an odd know. Location. Uh, well, it, the deba- it's the debate. It's the Utah people. Debate Commission yeah. that does it. It's a nonpartisan commission. Um, the debate, the, the, all the debates they've done locally so far have actually been pretty good in stark contrast to the presidential And they've debates. all been on college campuses. Yeah, there was one so. up at Utah State. Salt Lake Community College. Yeah, so be, it was just BYU's turn, I think. <laughs> yes, a, yes. Is, is, isn't that like, I don't know, holding a, a non-biased debate in the Middle Ages at the Vatican? I mean, it seems... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm with you. It's accurate. a private school. Pretty it's much. a private Mormon school where you're going to but it is a big university. Well, the questions aren't generated by the people True. on the campus. Wait, I mean, I know it's a trap. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, Missy we should have stopped her. She's just able left, to so. fight some sort her of, way out. Some sort of, of weird trap. conversion therapy they're going to try while she's there or something. That would That's be not terrible. Even funny. That would be <laughs> freaking terrible. It's a little scary, honestly. That's, there's still too much truth to that. You know, truthfully though, and this is and Misty said this herself what a week or two ago. We do another podcast for those of you that don't know called uh, the Snow Report, um, where we talk to Misty Snow for about thirty minutes a week and go over you know her platform, things that she wants to talk about. And one of the things she was talking about with the debate is even BYU is a very progressive campus. There are a lot of progressive students, even at that very religious institution, because that this generation that's in college right now, the millennials, as lazy as they are, they're actually very progressive as well. So she wasn't actually as concerned about it. But that's her demographic. Millennials yeah, are that's That's exactly she where needs. she wants to be is on a college campus, even BYU. I want a T-shirt that says "lazily progressive." <laughs> it, it suits my daughter to a T. Yeah, I mean, you just go go introduce yourself to anyone between the ages of about sixteen and twenty-six. Well, don't 30. introduce yourself, but send them a text and they'll respond. Yeah, no, a Snapchat. <laughs> Snapchat. They don't text. Yeah, my daughters don't text. They Snapchat. Um, other stuff going on. Uh, I know that I am Salt Lake, which is another local Utah podcast, is doing something, right, Jess? Yeah, I am Salt Lake, and I am Change are uh, pairing up. They are hosting a domestic violence panel on Friday night at the um, the Sorensen Unity Center, which is out on Ninth uh, West and about Thirteenth South. And this is a panel of four women. All four have been victims of domestic violence. They come from backgrounds of working in the mayor's office, working for uh, Utah crime prevention. One of them is a detective for the West Valley Police Department. One of them works for the Daily Herald. And all of them have been victims. And it's uh, $5 to get in. The doors open at 7. And, um, yeah, if you're not out doing anything else and you just want to hear a really great conversation uh, with uh, Chris and Chrissy uh, are moderating that, and it'll be great. Sounds like a sounds like an interesting topic to to hear about and bring awareness to. So definitely, um, we um, it is it's also the tenth drag brunch. Uh, the format's changed a little bit, and I'm sad to say there will not be omelets this Did weekend. Did you get what? fired? No, are no, they no, gone no. forever? No, no. So what's your friend going to do if there's I no omelets? Really the are you making, idea. like, pancakes or something at no, least? This something is, flat? this is the true test of if people really love my omelets if they if they miss me this weekend. So, so there is a complaint box. And it I, it's called Facebook. <laughs> I, I was totally going to go to the drag brunch. 
Um, there is Broadway. It's Broadway out. style yeah. now. It's uh, they're gonna do some impersonations. It's gonna oh, be fun. awesome. Yeah. Oh, is, it, is it because you're gonna be at the Halloween Expo? Yes, it's because ah. we're gonna be at the Halloween Expo uh, all weekend. We're gonna talk about that in a second. Yes. So just yes. keep keep your panties on. Whoa. Or whatever. They're on. <laughs> they're on. They're on. <laughs> I think. Silence. You <laughs> you're, you're supposed to go, oh, wow. and there they go. Oh, oh shoot. <laughs> oh, wait, For those I... of you listening, she's not actually feeling herself right now. <laughs> she's just in her mind trying to remember if she put them on this morning. It was a long day. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's also uh, it's late fall now, I guess. For Utah, it's late fall. Snow should be on the ground here pretty soon. It is up in Park City. Yeah, and up in it the high elevations for sure, yeah. Um, farmer's market's still going on though, right? Yes. So the downtown farmer's market has two more weekends and then there's also four more weekends for the Wasatch farmer's market, which is at Wheeler Farm on Sundays. Both of them are so much fun. If you can go, try to, try to make it out there. They are fun. Lots uh, of apples and pears and... Pe- it's squash. still peaches, still a lot lots of, peaches. of squash and pumpkins. And- I saw there was a lady there that had made gourds. She had carved them so intricately to look like characters from Nightmare Before Christmas. They were very expensive. <laughs> so, so fun <laughs> fact, I said squash and you said squash and pumpkins. You know pumpkins are a member of the squash family, right? Yep. Okay. Just make I just sure. want to, you know, there might be people that don't. Okay. Well, they are. They're I'm part of a squash family. Same. Eggplant. I, I think they do plant. have their own separate mythos, however. Oh, know. yeah. There's squash. <laughs> pumpkin chunky. Squash is sort of the mundane that gets eaten by everyone. Yeah. Pumpkin is specialty eaten. Yeah. You know? Pumpkin is, uh, well, and they're, I don't, do they have like jack-o'-lantern style pumpkins that are actually disgusting yes. to eat there? Yes. They, they, have, they have really good style pumpkin. Too, right? is, it's been bred, for lack of a better word, <laughs> to be large, and they do not Inbred. taste good. No, they're gross. <laughs> The type of pumpkins that you eat are actually Inbred pumpkins <laughs> are actually small. The pie pumpkins are very small. Um, if you get a, if you get a, ch- if you get a chance at the farmers market too, stop by. I know that it's um, it's all right. It's October. I, have, I know many strange. But stop random. by PJK's Creamery. He is going to be doing some fall flavors coming up here. Uh, I believe like he's pumpkin spice. No. No, even uh, cooler, actually. Like apple cider flavor? There will be an apple. Uh, no, it'll also be a caramel apple. Um, he is going to be doing one with a local epic beer. Oh. Um, I will be bringing pints for you, if you would like. No, not um, interested. And then also there's this really, I don't even know his name, but he basically takes wood that he finds and repurposes it, and he carves pumpkins, and he carves different types of home decorations, um, like display plates out of these beautiful logs, and he is is awesome (laughs) to talk to. No, I'm looking at you right now, (laughs) Jeremy. No, we and are not buying. And they're reasonably priced too. About. Stop uh, it! Sorry, at the farmer. They're at the farmers market. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's why I'm the not downtown? allowed to go. The downtown. The downtown farmers market. Uh, and downtown what? farmer farmers market's great. It's delicious. I can't stress that enough. There's only two more weeks though, right? Yes. Then That's they have. Don't they have the winter one? The winter market starts in November. Yes. Yeah, it's not quite the same. No, it's a lot more. The same I deal. mean, you still get the like local goods and stuff, like the homemade. Well, and the vendors will change and, too. Yeah. They're all getting ready to put in their applications. New so. people will be there. Some people won't be there. 
One other big thing uh, that's happening this week, uh, today, so we record this on Tuesday nights, uh, the first round of mail ballots went out. Uh, just about everyone in the state of Utah is going to be getting a mail-in ballot. I just want to be on the list. And uh, <laughs> you're on the list, yes. yes. Do you live in Utah? Yes. Do you live in a fairly large county in Utah? Yes. You're getting a mail-in what ballot. Yes. <laughs> Just another effort, I think, for Republicans to try and keep people off the polls. And Although it'll be easier voting. for our daughter to vote in her very first. Yeah, hopefully the hopefully the ballot will be here when she's here this weekend, and she can actually cast her vote before she goes back down to school. That would be pretty cool. Um, although I think she would like to vote, actually vote in her first, you know, her first election. Yeah, you have to go get the sticker. There's something prideful about having the sticker. Such a pain in the. I'll just do, make though. her one. Make me <laughs> one too, then. Okay. So yes. and, and, and it'll be personalized. You, need a, you just need a hand voted. stamp. A hand stamp. A hand stamp. <gasps> I like that. So, I have stamps. Maybe I can find one that says I voted. Yes. With the mail-in votes, Utah actually joins a whole bunch of other states. Uh, that do a lot of early voting, either through absentee ballots or, you know, in our case, we send out mail, mail-in ballots now. It's really weird. But uh, almost half a million people now have uh, already voted in the election. Um, Before the controversial tape the, came out. What's controversial about it? The guy is a freaking sleazeball. The <laughs> giant orange, since we're talking about pumpkins, pumpkin-headed butthole. <laughs> I have no idea. There's a Starbucks flavor about. you've never heard of. Pumpkin uh, butthole. Pumpkin-headed butthole. <laughs> uh, you know, Donald Trump, uh, you know, sniffling pumpkin-headed butthole. Uh, Makes me nauseous. It has a slightly nutty, earthy sort of <laughs> yeah. current flavor. But a bit yeah. blonde that's, froth. That's giving him and way you, too much. That makes you, him sound way too good. <laughs> and if you haven't seen the video, go watch it. It's not long. It's unbelievably disturbing, so... Anyway, that's my piece on on uh, the pumpkin headed butthole um, <laughs> at we, Starbucks. Now available yeah. at Starbucks near you, <laughs> but but not Starbucks will love you, but for that. not in red cups, right? They're not they're not no, bringing those back. And they not don't say the red and, cups. and they but they say holiday. They don't say anything in particular because you know Starbucks is anti Christmas. <laughs> they definitely are. I'm just really curious what those cups are going to look like this year. <laughs> If they're going to go back or not. I They'll be they white and say coffee on them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One be can white only hope. And say, I, I mean, they probably spell your name wrong every time, Raven. <laughs> Let's be clear. Yeah, I actually uh, got over my Starbucks fixation when I still lived in L.A. And frankly, they burn their coffee and I think they suck. It oh, I hate the dark roast. So, so I, I'd much rather go to any local anything like Mill Creek La Barba yeah, yeah. Publix, the coffee shop just down Blue Copper Badass is really that guy in Pierpont company in, is uh, what I've heard uh, Rose Park. Establishment no, 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 no. that guy in oh. Pioneer Park that no, no. makes the coffee I'm just kidding that's that's uh, <laughs> that's heroin <laughs> yeah don't <laughs> and when no wonder I can't write more <laughs> Ah. Um, In fact, you don't have any parks out here, do you? Uh, (laughs) We are in West West Abington. (laughs) We actually live right next door to one. I'm sure. Well, we had you know we had a shooting. So last week we were joking about things. We had a shooting like four blocks from my house last week. Four? It was like two. It was like across the street. (laughs) It was. It was like. A, less than a half a block away from our daughter's best friend's house, too. Yeah, just down None of our guests are going to want to be in studio anymore. <laughs> I've been downtown. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Shooting is like entertainment. This happens all the time. <laughs> you know, I have lived out here my whole life, and nothing bad has ever happened to me. That's what Ingo Boingo said. 
It's good to be white. And and then it became the 90s. Um, <laughs> and then that happened to Oingo Boingo. That's true. <laughs> I really like that song. <laughs> oh, where's Josh when you need him? Come on, I Jeremy. Know. I was singing it. You didn't he did. hear me? No. He had my back. So uh, there is one big event going on this weekend. We will be there all weekend in some form or another. We have some cool stuff to hand out to people if you want to come talk to us. We have our first swag. Uh, so Nice. Uh, it's the Utah Halloween Expo and Show, uh, October 14th, 15th, and 16th. Yes. Right? Say that with conviction, not question. Well, uh, it was <laughs> a question. It's this, question it's this Friday, end. Saturday, and Sunday. Yes. Um, and the Southtown Expo Center. If you don't go, you're a dick. Yes, um, pretty much. <laughs> that's, that's what they're going to have on all the billboards. <laughs> if, you if you don't, don't go, go you're, you're a dick. A dick. <laughs> well, they have Wait, a picture. This isn't Comic-Con. I'm just <laughs> Sorry. Wait a minute. Don't you have a partnership with them now for a they, party? Yes. Don't you have to talk but if nice I, now? If I, if I take off this hat and I put on a different hat. You can do that I, in I this worked, podcast. Worked, we will allow that. I worked Comic-Con in a Fanex, previous. Fanex, correct? Previous, uh, yes, I ran the anime festival for the first Fanex. It's, well... Why not? We'll get there. Yeah, let's talk yeah. about all this. We'll stuff. get there. We're gonna go there. We're, we're gonna going. Go there. We're, we're doing, doing it. it. Well, I think we're gonna go there now. So the the, <laughs> the, uh, the Halloween Expo. It's it's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday this weekend. Um, lots of stuff going on at the expo. Uh, there's you know Jim Hansen's creature creation people there. There's um, face off people there. We're going to be there, which really, if for no other reason, go to see us. So you should, you should have started that started with, with we're going to be there, yeah. and then there's some, <laughs> I don't know, face-off people and uh, some other stuff. Speaking of us being there, uh, our code our, our code is still valid. If you want to purchase tickets online, you can use The New Utah all together and get 35% off your adult and family passes to the show. Um, definitely worth going. Um, and Sunday, if you're going to go to the RSL game, Go to the Halloween Expo at Southtown and walk across the street and go to the RSL game and like then I'm going to do. You have to pay for parking twice. That's true. Although you may get towed before the night's over. Well, I don't know how true. that's going to work. Nah. Uh, but I'll be there. Uh, so, yeah. So, Raven is not just a funny guy that tells <laughs> great uh, stories about the English language because his name is spelled. I have to crazily. say more. Oh, man. <laughs> well, he is, <laughs> he's like, more, mic drop already. <laughs> So, so Raven, um, he's actually going to be the MC of the Halloween Expo. I am the MC, um, and uh, you have a movie as well, don't you? The movie premiere. <laughs> Didn't I hear he's something like about a movie? There is premiere. a movie premiere. Um, the person who is not here uh, can tell you more about that than I. Can. Well, then, then we'll let him when when he decides to get here. But uh, Jess no, is going to go. Jess get is him. trying to bell to go get him. He's, he'll like, come back down. Like, uh, you, we I, almost heard the honestly, microphone hit the ground. She was like, "Drop the mic." We talked to Ryan. Ryan's a cool guy, but I want to talk to you. Okay. So, tell us about yourself, Raven. I mean, you've got the name. So when you said, "Let me tell you where the name came from," I thought you were going to tell me some story about crazy parents and how they named you, not <laughs> where the word Raven came from. <laughs> Uh, that's what comes from talking to me is that I'll say yes. And by the way, the civilization came from, um, what do you want to know? Uh, well, where'd you grow up? <laughs> so very interesting, strange life I've led, but, uh, I grew up north of Spokane, Washington in a little town. Um, our family sort of migrated there from Minnesota when I was three 
And we were some of the first, it was happening, but we were some of the first hippies to show up in a very conservative ranch. This is early 70s, so very conservative rancher, logger, hang people kind of community. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. White. The backwoods. No, 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 no. This is, this, this is not like a white community. This is white, like Jim Crow laws kind of white yeah, yeah. community. Um, so in my hometown, uh, there's a, and it's still there, there's a cross up on the mountain, a, a white cross that's illuminated. So anytime it's, it's foggy, right? And they turn the lights on. Oh, there's no. a giant white cross floating <laughs> in the sky. Um, Did they change some of the lights to like an amber color? At some oh, point? no, 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 no. Oh, no, that no. would be sacrilege. <laughs> no. But it, it's funny because I, I, was, I got very curious about this cross at one point. And I was like, when did this cross first go up? Turned out it went up in 1922, and it was put there by the Ku Klux Klan. <laughs> and then they tore, and then that that eventually it was just like a simple one, and it fell down. It rotted and fell down. But the city had gotten so used to having that there that they built another one. Complacency. And then, and but this one was bigger with boards, and it was more <laughs> elaborate. And then uh, um, there were a lot of complaints because as the town sort of evolved. And wasn't quite so, shall we say... Trumpish? No, 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 no. I would... Not even waspy. That's too... <laughs> very Protestant work ethic, Calvinist kind of, you know, people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> to give you an idea, when we first moved there, there were two bars and 13 churches. So... And it was a town of 2,000 people. So but this is in Washington State, right yes. up in the Pacific Northwest. North of Spokane. So not, it's kind of on almost even not, with here. Not but down in like... Alabama, Arkansas, <laughs> Georgia. No, and a lot of the people, just kind of like pe people you meet here, a lot of the people that, I, I mean, I was meeting when I was a kid, I met a 90-year-old man that had come with his grandmother in a covered wagon Whoa. across. So, I mean, the people that were there, homesteaders, wow. you know, 50,000-acre homesteads that they had finally, sub their kids had finally subdivided wow. into smaller plots. So we moved out there. I was the first hippie kid to go through the public school system. <laughs> Yay for me. <laughs> um, Your name is. And look at what? you now. Yeah. <laughs> that must have been. I'm in Utah. So how did that happen? But anyway. Um, um, so, you know, it was a kind of a harrowing process. Uh, interesting experience to go through that. But I think that. So I grew up very socially isolated in school. Like I spent most of that time very isolated. But because of that, I had a lot of room to just become myself. In fact, anybody that was alive during the 80s here would have laughed at me when I was in high school there because <laughs> I was in a small town and there was a culture going on, you know, somewhere else that I was seeing through MTV and other things. <laughs> and, and so I just sort of salad barred the whole thing. And I always joke that the 80s sort of threw up on me. <laughs> Do you have pictures? There, there is, there's, <laughs> there's one picture on Facebook, and it's my junior year picture, but it, it's even kind of sedate. And <laughs> there goes Chris. It started me. It's like day, like day glow meets. Um, like, it, well, the joke that everybody makes is I look like the bad guy kid from the Karate Kid. I look like the blonde <laughs> bully from the Karate Kid. Um, from the Cobra Kai. That's right, Cobra Kai. That's it. Sweep the leg! <laughs> so, uh, but what, what happened is it started out that I had heard of breakdancing, and I became kind of interested in breakdancing. I still have a little bit of it. 
Sweet. Just a very Maybe little bit. Maybe I'll see any of that this weekend. Expo. Hell no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yes, I have. And by the way, I cross post everything from, from Instagram. And I have over 4,000 posts on Instagram. So, oh, so very this nice. is uh, going to be a journey to find gonna, this picture. So, uh, where can you? I'm trying to think where you can narrow it down. <laughs> oh, I'll find it. You oh, go ahead and uh, keep no, talking. Look in profile pictures. Look in my profile pictures because that will, it's in there. In fact, my first, my kindergarten, first, second, third grade, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. <laughs> I don't think there's an eighth. There's no ninth. Tenth. Yeah, something like that. So if you go down to the bottom, you'll see what clearly are. I have a thousand incarnations. Are not you now. I, I will say, because every time I'm looking at these pictures, your beard. <laughs> you have a, a, a magnificent beard. How long have you had your beard? I'm gifted. I'm, a, I'm beard gifted. I could shave it off and I'd have it back in like three months. So I started, yeah, see the how long it is in that picture oh, right yeah. there? Yeah. <laughs> and that's not even the longest it got. Like I had ample, ample beard. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, wait, wait. Oh, there we go. There we go. Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> like look a, at that. Total. But you have to love the YB normal a, a, button. A bandana neckerchief. That's awesome. <laughs> and I was the I was the first kid to get a uh, male to get a, a pierced ear. You had a sweet yeah, trendsetter. Not yes. not just any kind of earring either. It's a sweet like, like dangling earring. It it looks like uh you know how you make the Christmas like garland with <laughs> construction paper? It's per- it was very much like that. It looks like a miniaturized version of that. And then I I can totally see it in the back here. You have a ducktail. I totally had a tail. Absolutely had a tail. <laughs> that is like Goonies. You know, buttons are coming back. <laughs> oh, I know. And uh, l- luckily, I never had a members-only jacket because then I'd, I'd have to kill myself. <laughs> um, so, but then what happened is it progressed from there. And every time I would come across something that interested me, I would <laughs> add it, do it. <laughs> Not just try something new, but no, no. add on. So add. by the time I was done at the at the height. I had uh, gotten rid of the the ducktail, but Good I choice, had I had a uh, no. It worked at the time because when I first when the, my initial transformation. Okay, so look at those pictures. <laughs> no, no, pull the pictures oh, up. I just, I just put them away. I think you see. You see, that's what happens. Okay, so look at look at the 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 dude in the yellow the, with the cowlick and the yellow shirt. Okay, that's seventh grade. Total doofus. I mean, big time doofus central. <laughs> so then I moved away for one year. I went to another, out of my small town, and I went to another city. And I lived there because my mother went to college to finish her college. And so I lived in Olympia, Washington for that period of time. My mom lived there. Which was kind of, well, my mom went to Evergreen. And I'm a second generation Evergreener. So I graduated from Evergreen as well. So anyway, I went there and I encountered... New wave and oh, punk no. and all sorts of things. And actually, that's where the ducktail came in because I transformed from doofus in the yellow shirt to that. And I was wearing a trench coat and I had black and white checkered vans. And, you know, I had my stray cat. I would really like the stray cat. So I had the, I had a stray cat's concert shirt. I saw small anecdote that you will find everyone here will find amusing. So I went, I saw stray cats when they were on their big tour with that first album in Seattle. That's where I saw it. And there was a band opening for them that no one had heard of called Inks. And I was like, who the heck is Inks? Inks. <laughs> I was like, Inks? I-N-X-S? Who is that? Oh, my God. <laughs> In excess, opened for the Stray Cats. 
Oh, that is funny. <laughs> I went to the very last NXS show, by the like way. Like the real NXS, not the... Wow, so we're like the Alpha and the Omega. I know, right I here. know. You went well. to the first, I went to the last. <laughs> well, I mean, why... Well, I can't I mean, even say anything. I'm just so jealous. Growing up in the Pacific you. Northwest, I mean, Seattle is the home of grunge and the home of that kind of music. Even today, there's still tons of grunge garage bands out there. <laughs> Everybody gets really <laughs> quiet. It's like, oh, Ryan he's here. That's what happens when Ryan decides to come back down. So, so to finish the anecdote about the the throwing up of the '80s on me. So, what happened is, I had I, I also really liked Billy Idol. So I I got the leather wristbands with the spikes and the black fingerless glove. Added to this with the rat tail. With the rat tail, so, added to so this. Cool. And the Cobra Kai headband. And the, well, that kind of went away. Oh, okay. Um, that was that was. <laughs> but that would have been such a. I wore other headbands though because I had a whole collection of bandanas. I had. I had, you know, zebra striped with turquoise, uh, pink checkers, all, and I, like, I had this whole. It took me longer to get ready to go to school in the morning than most girls. <laughs> so I don't think you've met uh, my oldest daughter. <laughs> well, I said at the time. Yeah, <laughs> um, they just had to make their hair feather back to the point where it looked like a butt. And then the bangs, um, the right? Back. And the, the claw. Bangs in the and front. the claw. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> my mom. Um, my mom's still hanging on to the claw from. <laughs> <laughs> from like the the late seventies, early eighties. My aunt's 80s. got her height too. She can't. So then, because you could get away with this, then there was a little bit of culture club. So I had this long coat, and then I saw simply red, and I kind of dug on the <laughs> on the perm. So I got the perm. So I had the perm coming down the top with the like the long coat and the. Billy Idol, and then I had, you know, parachute pants under that and white, you know, and high tops that it just, it was after a while. I one day looked in the mirror and I said, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> it was just this, this mishmash. And so, uh, and then that, that affected what happened when I, in my senior year, I actually went completely GQ. I cut my hair down, you know, pleated pants, the whole very, Total I gap kiddies, American psycho. Oh yeah, it was a good. Oh, yeah, man. I could relate to that. <laughs> so anyway, that was that whole experience going through, uh, going through, you know, school and anyway. So uh, you grew up, you went to school, you uh, had the eighties, <laughs> and now I'm here. Puke all over you. Yeah, how'd you get to Utah? I mean, that was. I mean, clearly <laughs> high school was not a like a couple years ago for you. <laughs> No, no. <laughs> wow. I, there's no way to say it without coming across as an asshole. <laughs> Actually, I just turned 48, and I don't think I look it. No, we no. don't think so either. No, I don't think so either. <laughs> we think you look 52. No, no I think um, you should. I think you should try and guess Chris's age because you will be nowhere near it, and then you can insult him. Wow. Nah, <laughs> that's messed up. So. So, uh, what happened is that I, okay, so let me take one step back. So, I am one of the fortunate that got to see Star Wars in 1977, second week it was open oh in the theater. Gosh. So, I had that primordial, spiritual, existential experience then, and it started a fire in me that I wanted to go do that. I wanted to go. It wasn't just a feeling Princess Leia gave you. <laughs> no, no. Just checking. That was Return of the Jedi. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, actually. The fire. Get your movie straight, movie, Jessica. Yeah. That was later. I and that was the 80s. That, that was, was bun headed. <laughs> that was bun headed, white dressed Leia in the first one. She's so. still pretty. I didn't say she wasn't. But I was Anyways. eight. Yeah. And I said, 
Huh. Okay. So cool. It, so Blasters. the second one wow, comes out. The second one awesome. comes out, and that's probably the height of puberty for you. Uh, that was 1980. And I was, uh, at that point, I was 12, 13. Yeah, 12, 13. That's like... That wasn't the height of puberty. That's like Maxo, like, boy. I was thinking about himself. other things um, <laughs> <laughs> at His the time. His future career. So what happened is I, I kind of, it, that sort of planted that desire to go to Hollywood. And I, wa- I really wanted to do that. And I wanted to have that experience. And... It sort of guided my trajectory more, I don't know, more of like the, the fantasy backdrop <laughs> to, to my trajectory. Um, so, you know, I got more interested, more and more interested in film and eventually uh, decided that I was going to go to the School of Museum of Fine Arts in Boston. And I applied and I got in. Pardon me. Excuse me. One moment. <laughs> it was building and it was not going to stop so I said well I'm just going to take care of it um, they're going to go I don't know what he's talking about yeah, you could have been our first on air burp I could have 20 I'm pretty, sh- I'm pretty sure that. Josh has done it <laughs> no. so I went so I went to Boston that was a disaster came back to my hometown and then uh, through meeting people and different things, I finally I had an opportunity. The best way to go to Hollywood is to n- meet someone and know someone that's there so that you have some place to en- an entry point. And I went in and I met that kind of person and went down uh, 1998, moved there, all sunshine and optimism and do the thing. And the industry crashed right about the time I showed up. Everything dried up. And then it got a little better, and then it nine eleven just tanked everything, brought again. it to a screeching halt. And uh, the the marriage that I took with me there did not survive there, <laughs> partially because of that. And uh, when I was finally done with with L.A., which believe me, it's an easy thing to do to get done with L.A., although most people. Spend 20 years there before they go, you know, this is really a bad idea. I, I was living here for a week. Didn't I go to Disneyland? And I'm still here. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to make it as an actor. I'm still waiting tables, and I've had one gig in 15 years. Exactly. Uh, and it was the sign in front of the income tax place. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was acting. So after that, when I was finally just done, I moved to Arizona, and I moved to Sedona, and I just re- kind of receded and lived in the canyon and... Hung around some very strange people. One of the first things that happened when I was there, uh, was I was in a coffee shop in Sedona, and this woman came up to me and she went, <laughs> and I'm like, Hi, okay, to you. what are you doing exactly? And she said, Oh, I'm singing to your heart chakra. She was a reincarnated dolphin. You should have just said your name <laughs> pro- appropriately back to her, and she probably would have understood you. <sighs> Maybe. <laughs> There are a lot of really strange people. You know the strangest thing about Sedona, Arizona? It is not vortexes and, you know, crystals and all that. That is not the strangest thing. The strangest thing is that it is one of the largest intelligence retirement communities in the world. Really? I met Smart people. people go to die? No, no. Like, no, CIA like military CIA. CIA. <laughs> I met people <coughs> that I went. Well, that's very nice. I'm going to move over to this other table now. <laughs> um, I met uh, 
the first place I lived, the next door neighbor used to fly for Air America. He was a pilot for Air America, flew in and out of Cambodia with That's awesome. like heroin. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Two watts. <laughs> you know, wow. it's like, okay, good times. Um, there was a friend of mine who, um, he's actually still a, a pretty good friend of mine, but he, his whole job, he used to work in the military in Colombia doing assassinations. And he just, he, oh, when he was done, he moved to Sedona. <laughs> for for uh, those of you that are interested in moving to Sedona, it's just outside of Flagstaff, right? Yep. It's just a little south of Flagstaff. You go down, down the canyon. So if you ever want to meet a bunch of crazy intelligence people, I mean... Well, you have to be there a while, yeah. because they're also... A lot of them are kind of paranoid, for <laughs> obvious reasons. Yeah, it's like, what? No! Um, you think there's a lot of witness protection in Sedona as well? Like, a lot of people on the witness protection program get relocated there? Um, you know... That would explain the crystal thing. <laughs> um, the vortex thing. There aren't really vortexes. Those are just the entrances to the underground facilities. Um, no, who, who has a house there? Uh, John McCain has a house in Sedona. Oh. Um, John McCain, Shirley McLean, Madonna. Apparently, yeah, a lot if your of name is McLean, you should move there. Uh, but no, but I, I, a friend of mine was down having dinner and looked over, and there was Tom Ridge having dinner with the, the first head of, the, of Homeland Security, having dinner with... Somebody and he was just like, okay, well, <laughs> they have their own municipal airport that C-130s fly into from time to time. <laughs> so I moved chose to, to move there. Well, because there's a there's an art market there, and the part I didn't tell you is that I'm also a lifelong painter, artist, creator of other kinds. Well, you also didn't talk about what you do besides just moving to L.A. We need to know what you do. Yeah, were you an actor that was really a waiter for, you know, or holding long a tax sign? I was ne- I was never an actor. No, I went <laughs> I went there to break into special effects, props, miniatures, sets, production design, all that. And those are the people that I knew. Uh, a lot of the people I knew um like worked on Star Trek the Next Generation a lot. They did a lot of props. They worked on Starship Troopers. Um so you of, had good connections going down. Oh, there. no, I did. I, I was in a community. The thing about those people is they're all creative people, which means that they're sort of, in a business sense, functionally illiterate a lot of the time. They're yes. sort of like, yep. They, they, you know, they, they rent an apartment or rent a basement apartment and they live there and then they, you know, their friend has a garage and it's a very strange community, but they're, they're cool people and they smoke a lot of dope. Holy crap. <laughs> when I was there, uh, I think I'd been there for two weeks, and I said, I don't know who anybody is kidding themselves that marijuana is illegal in the city because over 50% of the population oh, <laughs> smokes yeah. it every day, multiple times a day, all the time. Well, like, it's worse it's, now. It's worse? It's worse now. Mm-hmm. Almost everyone in California does it now because the medical marijuana cards are just – you go down Venice Beach and every – you know, four doors is a doctor giving out prescriptions for marijuana. You do realize that my family's in Washington State. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And we live next to Colorado, so. So, yeah. My, in fact, my cousin. That's why I was surprised when you said there was such a racist backwater town in the Pacific Northwest. That was surprising. Well, this was in the 70s, though. Early yeah. 70s. Like, when, I, when, our, when my family first got there, we went into one restaurant in town and they let us sit there for an hour and they wouldn't serve us because uh, my dad got 
picked up by a bunch of rednecks and got his hair cut off with a jackknife. Oh boy! Like and got the crap beat out of him. I mean, this or what? Because he's a hippie. Being a hippie, because he had long hair. It was just not. That's crazy. When we first moved there, I'm not exaggerating. When we first moved there, there was a sign at the south end of town on the highway that said, uh, I don't know if it said Negroes or colored people, but it said no Negroes in city limits after dark. So that's where we were. <laughs> okay. Wow. Um, so you moved to Sedona for the art. Uh, you get, <laughs> you get so you moved to Sedona for you the art. You get creeped out by all the ex-CIA people. And, I never really and, got creeped uh, out by them because I really like stories and I like people's stories. Do you know how many – so where I grew up in that town, it ended up being this incredible mix of extreme right-wing people and extreme left-wing people. So I will tell you – I met members of the Manson family. I didn't know that when I was a. I mean, when I was a kid, I didn't know that they were. But they were people who had fled after Charles Chuck, after the whole Manson, you know, Chuck yeah. wow. was arrested. So, um, uh, are you listening, NSA? Yeah, I have lots of information. Um, <laughs> they're just down. They're the down road. the street. <laughs> yeah, the, the big building is there, right? So I was. Uh, I one time when I was probably twenty. I was in the local job service office, and I was just, you know, filling out job applications, whatever. And I used to wear combat boots, and my pants tucked into my combat boots, and I'd wear a green army jacket that was painted with, like, peace signs and stuff. So I wore that. I had a very eclectic, shall we say, fashion history. (laughs) As opposed to the outfit that you have on right now. What outfit? Just kidding. Um, So, uh, anyway... So I'm, I'm sitting there, and, and the, the, these older gentlemen are in there, and one of them walks over to me, and he says, so, uh, are, you, are you ex-military? A lot of people think I'm ex-military, no matter how I dress. And I think it's, maybe it's because of how I carry myself Probably. or something. I don't know. But they, he goes, are you ex-military? I said, no. And I go, I'm going to the community college, you know, and uh, at the time. And he goes, oh, so you know my friend, one of the professors, who I had a professor – he was one of those people in 1959 that parachuted into Laos. He was a special forces all the way, lied about his age so he could go to Korea when he was 16. I mean, he's one of these gung-ho wow. lifetime wow. guys. So he starts, this guy starts talking to me. And, I, and I, I always reflect on this in my head. I'm going, what is it, what the sign on my head that says you can come up and tell me things that, the wrong people at the wrong time would kill me for knowing, okay? And I don't even know you. So he walks up to me, and he had been CIA, Special Forces. He had been part of the group that had arrested Che Guevara, and he said, he goes, I was 12 feet, I was 12 feet away when we shot that pedophile in the head. Quote. Wow. So I met someone who was present. <laughs> He's like going, oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> Political stuff. These are just people I met. Oh, we haven't even talked Faircon yet. (laughs) (laughs) No, and when I went, well, for example, when I was in, when I lived in Los Angeles, I used to go to the Whole Foods in Studio City. And one day on Veterans Day, there was a guy sitting out there. And, you know, he had the little, um, the little flower. It was like Memorial Day, I think. But he had the little, the little poppy that he was given out. And, you know, I'm a person that, engages people and talks to people so i said so you know what what and he goes he would had he was a world war ii veteran and if you know anything about the the conflict in the pacific this guy was at pearl harbor 
as a Marine. Oy. And he was there when they surrendered. He was a Marine that made it through Saipan, Okinawa, Iwo Jima, everything all the way from one end to the other. <laughs> he was not very forgiving toward the Japanese, I will say that. Um, <laughs> but it was just interesting to talk to this guy that like, what an amazing life experience and what a great opportunity I had to be able to talk to him, you know, so. Well, of course, now you have that story. Or, yeah, I have, I have many. But anyway, um, so all way off track, but how did I get here? <laughs> a car. <laughs> it was a girl. Um, that's what it was. Uh, I had, I was in a relationship in Arizona and, uh, she had applied to the University of Utah film school and got accepted. And we moved up here and she had a daughter and there was a custody ruling that she couldn't leave Arizona with the daughter. And we'd already signed the lease. So she had to go back and I stayed here and I never left. I'm in the same apartment, same <laughs> studio I was in then. I'm still in now and she's still there. And, you know, I'm so. guessing you're not together anymore. No, no, <laughs> but, but. I was basically the father figure to her child for five years. And so we keep in contact because the daughter and I are really tight. She just turned 13. Um, and she, I finally got to see her. She came up for the first time in six years and spent some, a week this summer with me. And we were like thick as thieves. So it was very cool. And, you know, I keep that connection. That's so cool. we're still friends. That's really cool. That's awesome. You know, but, um, yeah. Anyway. So why'd you stay? You come up here by yourself, you know, and got to live out that lease, but why'd you stay? What kept you here? I've lived in Boston. I've lived in Olympia. I've lived in Seattle. I've lived in Spokane. <laughs> um, I've lived in Los Angeles. This is the nicest, cleanest city I've ever lived in. Even in January? I love it in January. Mm -hmm. I'm a cold monkey. I'm a snow and cold monkey. So you monkey. like the inversions that we get. I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> but I did live in L.A. <laughs> well, that's, that's like L.A. most days. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't make that clear. I lived in the San Fernando Valley oh, in L.A., man. which is like, it was so funny. The first time we're driving up here, I'm riding up and I'm looking at the sky and going, wow, it's kind of smoggy. And I pulled over to, we pulled over to a gas station somewhere it would have been like, it's probably not Draper. I'm not sure where it was now, but it was somewhere south. And they said, wow, I didn't realize you had smog here. And the woman behind the counter, she said, it's inversion. It is not smog. <laughs> oh, no, it's smog. It's just a specific <laughs> And I was like, wow, okay. So you're delusional. That's smog, I'm telling you. So When it's gray and brown, it's it's. Uh, it's I mean, smog. I just close my windows. When but you I mean, can taste the air, it's... Yeah. Flavor. <laughs> we, live in, we live in flavor country. <laughs> no, that's what you two have with mustache. So, so the long and the short of it is, I got you know, I got here, and the way things rolled, um, I've done a whole lot of artwork since I've been here, personal artwork in my studio. Um, I got connected with uh, McGrew Studios, which I'm co-owner of now, and you know. Got back into film. I was done with film when I left L.A. Done. Excuse me. There we go. <laughs> um, so, anyway, but I've, I've met fantastic people, incredible networks, you know, networking with all sorts of people. Um, I don't know. I just, it's, for me, it's just become a very creative uh, environment. Um, and I always laugh when people talk about 
crime rates here? I'm going. <laughs> I lived in Boston. <laughs> <laughs> I lived in I lived in the San Fernando Valley yeah. in North Hollywood before it was cool. Um, you know, I it, just to make a point to that. So I worked in a in a shop. One of the main shops I worked in when I was there. We had the we had the Jack in the Box account. Do you guys know Jack in the Box? The, uh-huh. re- re- the yeah, everyone drive- here thinks it's amazing and it's disgusting. Well, but we had the account. We made the head that the guy in the commercials wore. Like, I mean, <laughs> we had the Jack in the Box account, so we made props and things for their commercials and worked on a lot of their commercials. Well, that shop was in North North Hollywood, almost to Sunland, which is almost out. Oh of, yeah, uh, uh, out of there um, on Lancashire. So. I lived south, farther south on Lancashire, and one night, uh, what were we working on? I remember. We were working on, if you go to Disneyland, if you ever go to Disneyland, and you go to- Jamie just got back. Yeah, okay. Just a couple we weeks ago. Just, yeah, we so you know the light, you know the light poles and the outside heaters that have the Sorcerer's Apprentice hats on them? Yes. Yeah. We made those. Oh, oh that's very cool. cool. And we were up until three in the morning painting those, and, uh, with, uh, bulletproof aeronautical paint, by the way. And we got in the car to leave to go home. This was my ex-wife and I. And we're about halfway home going down Lancashire. And there are cop cars all across the road. And there's caution tape. And they're making people go, you know, this is like a six-lane road. Yeah. Making us go around. And we have to go really slow. So as we go by, right before the intersection, so it was right at an intersection, there's a black SUV. That had been filled with so many machine gun bullet holes you could see through it. Aye. And according to what we learned later is that it was a, it was a Mexican family that had been in the SUV, mom and dad and two kids, and a, and I'm going to use a term here, cholo, <laughs> a, a, a convertible with four cholos in it pulled up next to them and they thought they recognized the guy as someone from Mexico, and they popped up their AKs, and they wasted the family. It was not a good day. Wow. Yeah. So what I'm saying is when they say crime right here, <laughs> I go, you realize shoplifting is almost not a crime, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, don't smoke weed here because that's a serious crime here. It's not L.A. You know that argument I made about, about uh, L.A.? Yeah, I kind of say that about Salt Lake. Of course, I live – you guys were talking about the farmer's yeah. market? Yeah. I live on – basically on Pierpont. So I live a half a block north. Oh, so you get free heroin from Pioneer Park just by walking around barefoot. Actually, spice. That's always in the air. A lot of spice. And now our our shop used to be in the old art space building on Pierpont. Yeah, I know. Well, that's all been decimated now. Um, But we're now down 4th West and 7th South. That's where our new shop is. So I ride what I call Suicide Alley on my bicycle. Because I'm, I'm a bicycle guy, by the way. I'm totally... You look like a bicycle guy. I'm totally a bicycle guy. I mean, I, it's, I don't even own a car. Well, I look, just, if, if you live over there and you work like four blocks away, I don't know why you wouldn't ride your bicycle all the time. Well, I'm... Yeah. In I the mean, winter... And what I don't like is as soon as it gets snowy to a certain point and riding my bicycle is deadly, yes. um, <laughs> I have to walk. Which means I get to walk by Pioneer Park and the mission that's across from and the Fourth so Street. And, and of, yes, all of that is right there. And, and they're out, you know, and I think I kind of have a badassery about me when I walk. So they don't really engage. Like they're, they're kind of like, 
he might hurt us. He might be one of us. He, we don't know. <laughs> um, if you just start talking to yourself too, they I probably used to work on alone. third and third, the corner right there where they converted it, uh, right by Gateway. They converted it. It's like, like apartments or something now. Oh, and okay. And I had to park in the Westgate parking lot just to the east of that and walk around the front. And, um, one morning someone stopped me and I was 16. And he's, he's like, I need bus money. And I'm like, I don't have any bus money. And I tried to walk around him and he stepped, kept stepping in front of me back and forth and back and forth. Luckily, someone had just randomly was looking out our front door and came out and walked me back in. So yeah, it's, it's kind of a scary area, even, even with Gateway and stuff there. I mean, I you could watch people shoot up because Gateway didn't, wasn't there when I worked there. I could watch people shoot up. <laughs> I could. You right outside the window, you could just, they were just sitting there. Just, I guarantee you that crazy. that gift is still available for you. <laughs> so, so I'm on the, so I'm in the Art Space Rubber Company building, which is the, it's on the same block as the old Art Space. Um, and I'm on the south side and there's a breezeway that goes underneath our building that a lot of people like, yeah. they end up sleeping in. And, but I can't tell you how many times I've looked out my window. And they're literally just sitting on the sheps. Sheps? They're sitting on the sheps. They're sleeping on the sheps. They're sleeping on the sheps. They're sitting on the steps shooting up. Or, you know, shall we say making indiscreet transactions for (laughs) things to shoot up. Not always involving money. (laughs) (laughs) I'll let let your imagination run wild. (laughs) I've seen some crazy stuff out the back. Um, But the biggest thing that, and I, when I'm riding my bicycle, I'm just more aware of it, and that is that I would I wish they were smoking pot as opposed to smoking spice because that stuff is so bad. You know what spice yeah. is? Yeah, 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 yeah. So they're because they're all out there, and you can tell the difference. It smells kind of cinnamony. Oh yeah, right. And man, you're driving down the street, and I'm like, you know, my circulation is going, and all of a sudden I hit a cloud, and I'm like, oh, that's good. I'm really glad <laughs> I just. For the day. Yeah, let me go ahead and drive through that some more. <laughs> Uh, so you're back into film production, mm-hmm. um, and and you are part of the Halloween Expo. You're the MC for the Halloween Expo. Um, you have a f- the film that's being shown Friday night, right? Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> not sure. I think it might be sold out already. Actually, oh. so we could still talk about it. Though. <laughs> no, don't you know when a film sells out, you cannot talk. No. Can't talk about it. The first rule of films. Don't talk. That's really cool. That the, the first rule of sold out films is don't you don't talk, talk about, about sold out films. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps leaving. Yes, he'll be right back. <laughs> he's he's uh, had a phone call. He, he's busy. He's tra- <laughs> I don't. So, I don't know if you know this, but Ryan is involved with this Halloween expo that's going on. Like, 30, I'm aware. 30, so, <laughs> so he's, he's kind of busy. How did you get involved? How were you asked? He was silly enough to walk through our door. <laughs> the film studio at the at our at McGrew Studios. So we're, we're mainly what we are is a custom costume wardrobe design studio and production design. So he came through because he was. How did it start? Russ Adams is a friend of mine. Russ Adams is, he was on the Henson Creature Workshop Challenge, and he wanted to do a panel with me and another guy that's here. Like, I had a, I had an interesting experience in Hollywood. There are people in this state that it would blow your mind the experiences they had in Hollywood. This guy, do you guys, anybody, do you know who Doug Trumbull is? Mm-mm. Doug Trumbull is like, he is the special effects guy. 
he worked on 2001. He did oh, all the special wow. effects for that, you know, worked with Kubrick on 2001. He worked with, you know, worked on, uh, Close Encounters. And in fact, motion control technology that they used to film, he invented it. He owns the patents on wow. some of those stuff. Wow. So, uh, anyway, so this guy that I know, happened to have him as a as a substitute professor at BYU and he just wowed him and he went to Hollywood in 1980 and worked for Doug Trumbull and as a result he worked on Blade Runner and Beetlejuice and Ooh. Aliens and all the Star Trek movies and you know you name it like worked with John Carpenter worked like this guy lives in Orem <laughs> wow. and he his name is Crick Killen he's also going to be so He's going to be on a panel with Russ and I. So we're going to talk about Hollywood. Hollywood, you know. Yeah. Um, briefly, when I'm not busy doing everything else. In fact, probably what's going to happen is I'm going to get to the time for the panel. And I'm going to be like, and anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I, need, I need to eat and drink something first. <laughs> I'll be back in a minute. Um, so uh, anyway, so Russ, they had approached Russ to be, because Russ has a book coming out about his experience of being on the Creature Workshop Challenge. Cool. Um, which has some interesting potential to be controversial. Yes. Um, so he's going to be there. He's going to. He's actually going to have a booth there. He's going to be having the, the advanced copies of the book, and he'll be signing them for people. So that's cool. That is cool. Um, uh, Crit is now a... I mean, he still does some of that stuff, but he is actually a ghostwriter and script doctor for big Hollywood productions. Cool. He did the last pass on Interstellar before <laughs> of the script. So, so he, he still, he's, he's worked on, in that capacity, over 90 films, 96 wow. films, wow. many of which, if you saw the list, you'd go, oh, oh, <laughs> oh. Of course, what he always says, he goes, yep, I did that, and I got it all right, and if you watch the movie, it has nothing to do with the script <laughs> that I worked on. But um, And he, because he worked on Beetlejuice very heavily, he's actually doing a whole separate panel just about Beetlejuice and bringing relics. We won't oh, be wow. at our booth at that time. We will be at that panel. <laughs> uh, and he's going to talk about, because he worked right with Michael Keaton, in fact, the thing that... You know the how well do you know the film? Oh well, no, sure. like okay. back my hand. Do you know the carousel hat? Oh, yes. right. Yeah, he built yeah. it. Oh, he built the carousel cool. hat. Um, I was trying to get him to rebuild it so that w that could be there, but he did one better. He still he knows the costume guy. So he's got the original. Well, he doesn't have the original because oh. the original got destroyed. Oh. But he knows the costume guy, and the costume guy. I can't say this because this is part of the reveal. But the costume guy has loaned him things. Which are going to be there. Oh, that's very oh, that's cool. So awesome. It's and and best story ever. He worked with Michael Keaton so closely that in fact I had to point out to him how remarkable this was. Because you know, when you work in Hollywood and you're work going from project to project to project, you realize that when you're working on them, it's just, oh, you know, Tim Burton, who's he? You know, like you don't know because Tim Burton was nobody before sure. Beetlejuice. Yeah. Right? So <clears throat> these things are happening and these things are coming and you're working on them and you don't even realize until later, oh, right, oh, yeah, I made that thing. He made, you know, Star Trek True Wrath of Khan? Yeah. Right. You know the bugs that went in the ear? He made the bugs. Wow. And he had, I had to remind him that he made the bugs. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so what happened was because Crit worked so closely with Michael with the, the hat and with the hammer hands and all that, um, 
Michael gave him a Beetlejuice business card. Shut oh, up. cool. There are six Beetlejuice business cards. Wow. The one that Michael had is the one that's in the movie. Wow. He has the wow. Beetlejuice business card that was in the movie. That's so cool. And he's going to bring it. That is that's very really cool. cool. That's really, really I cool. I had to point out to him, How I was going through his portfolio, I'm going, is that a copy? He goes, no, 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 Michael gave me that. <laughs> really? And, and, and Michael had that and, and he gave it to you. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And how many goes, oh, I think they were like, we, they made like six of them. Huh. And he gave you that one that he had. He goes, oh, yeah. Yeah, I think he still had it because they had shot that before. So that's the one that was in the film. <laughs> and he goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> and he has it like, he had it like scotch taped into his portfolio. I'm going, I will kill you. <laughs> put this um, laminate that. Yeah. yeah. So he put it inside of a, he got a, yeah, finally got a. Don't laminate it. No, put it inside put of it a, in a, a card. Yeah, yeah that's what I, or, yeah. Put it in the same thing you put your social security card. Um, no, he got one of those uh, baseball, you yeah. know, the baseball. Yes, the collector card. Card things. Sleeve. And he put it in there. So anyway, he's going to be there and we're going to be on the panel together. We and that's the only the time that I'm not going to be up on the stage. Well. That's uh is that, that is that stage the one that's right in front of us? <laughs> no, I think we're I think, I think we're DIY. by the DIY the stuff. Oh, there's a stage. DIY stage. Well, the DIY yeah. stage is where we're going to do our panel and that's actually where the okay. Beetlejuice Perfect. Stuff oh, is look at be. that. Oh, super right in front of it's like yeah. a present. <laughs> it is the Oh, but we have to put up a blinder. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) They have to quarantine. (laughs) You can't actually see. It's like a Zion curtain for Beetlejuice. (laughs) I want to do a Zion basement just to mess with things. Um, Well, you know we have the Zion ceiling and the Zion curtain, so why not a Zion basement? Sure. So, uh, (laughs) so yeah. Anyway, go ahead. (laughs) We I got one more question to ask you, and then. We'll invite everyone to go to the Halloween Expo again. Um, we ask everyone that's on the show this. Uh, what is the one thing that you would tell someone who's visiting Utah that they had to do before they left the state? That's a very interesting question. The one thing that they'd have to do. I mean, if it's... Uh, Give blowjobs for smack down in your neighborhood. <laughs> in your hood. And that's, that's only for spice. Right, but. Um, no, no. Um, I have odd perspectives on that because uh, because I and I will just say I'm not LDS. I didn't come here with that, but I I made a conscious decision when I came here that I was going to treat coming here like I was going to someone else's country, and I decided to behave like I was in someone else's country because I don't actually agree with the whole ethic of going, I'm going to go somewhere and I don't agree with their stuff. So I'm going to change their stuff. I don't, I don't agree with that. If they're going to change, they, they need to change their things because they want to change them. And so as a result, I've had a very respectful relationship with them, but from a strictly historical perspective, the things that are here that are part of that founding culture of this area are actually kind of interesting. If you're looking at them from a, archaeologist anthropologist perspective um you know the temple is an interesting building in a lot of ways if you are if you can separate yourself from the politics and social things of being here and go and look at it as a piece of architecture it's a very unique piece of architecture and if you consider 
that they made it, how they made it, and what went into it. It's fascinating. So I would encourage people to actually go to Temple Square. What better way to know that animal than to go and kind of explore that? That's So I can't really say this is one thing. It's a two, two-parter. The two-parter is there is so much incredible natural splendor here that I, if you don't go to Arches or go to Zion or go to, you know, and experience something, just go out to the Salt Flats. Don't quite go to Wendover. <laughs> Stop just short. Yeah. Well, there's a nice rest area there. Good, yes. Good photo ops. We shot part of our film, by the way. That the uh, I don't know if you saw it. I sent you a link to the film that we made. The stuff that's all on the salt flats. That was we used that rest area as our staging area, and we went out and just shot. Nice. <laughs> like 500 feet out. Nice. <laughs> so, um, but I, I would say that that those are the two almost like opposing things. This kind of very interesting phenomenon. Try to think of it this way. If you came here a thousand years from now, this is a unique thing of the development of the American West that is unlike anything else in this country. It is so bizarre. It's true. It's true. In a, That's in a good a, perspective. You know, so like I said, I, I, I don't, and I'm not saying I support them or not support them. I'm just saying I respect their right to be what they are, just as I would hope. You know, we, we ask people to respect what we are, right? Yeah. How can you do that if you don't extend that the other way? For so, sure. and it, even though they would probably have me burned at the stake under certain <laughs> circumstances, <laughs> or at least beaten or, you know, sent to Twilla, well, something. Many, many, many of us in this room, probably. Many, how, how many are of us are in the room? Many of us in the room. Many, <laughs> many, many. 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 Well, it's more than us. a few. Well, I guess. She looks around. Under the <laughs> There's more people my, here. My Funko pops over there. Don't count my action. Well, and, and I and uh, I don't know if uh, this was how you thought it would roll, but uh, I'm happy to. Yeah. So we do invite everyone to come out to the Han- the Halloween Expo and Show. Uh, it's this weekend, uh, the 14th, 15th, and 16th at the Southtown Expo Center. Again, you can use the New Utah altogether for a uh, 35% discount online for adult and family passes. Uh, and Raven is going to be there, and probably by Sunday he will be lying dead somewhere uh, in pure exhaustion from the sounds of it. I'm remarkably resilient. <laughs> or he'll just grab some spice and be on his way again, not be fine. That would put me to sleep, probably. Um, oh, I'm sure there's meth out by you, too. And, I, and I, I, I will put this out to your listeners. I'm actually very friendly in social media. If you know how to spell my name, feel free to look me up. And I'm happy to interact. And, and we'll link you guys yeah, to we'll his stuff as well. Um, but let's get on to some news. News. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we like to talk about things going on in Utah, and the Halloween Expo is great, but uh, there's always something going on in the news, and it's political season, so there's lots. But, you know, we talked, uh, was it last week that we talked about the uh, Zion ceiling going on over at Eccles? Yes. Um, you know, our our beautiful law that was put in place that requires a barrier between drink makers and the onlooking public so as not to create alcoholics out of small children. Um, <laughs> and, sorry, I didn't mean to laugh. No, it's, I mean, it's kind of a ridiculous law. I know, you know, what you said about uh, not messing with their culture but at some point, other people do end up living here long term. You know, I moved here in 99. I've been here ever since, and I love this place. But I don't like all the laws, and I want this 
home of mine to to be more inviting. So, you know, this Zion Curtain Law has struck again in downtown Salt Lake at one of our oldest establishments. I actually uh, thought it was, may I? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yes, I actually, I actually, yeah. I actually thought it was fascinating, um, to be honest. I, I remember when I, cause I, I kept hearing about this, uh, the Zion Curtain, right? And I didn't know what it was. I was just like, going, oh, what's the Zion Curtain? And then, so I, I looked it up and I did read about it and, and, uh, they talked about that, the, the Zion ceiling. And I went, what's very evident to me is that there are people who are making laws who have never done this. They have never gotten drunk, consumed alcohol. You can tell that the people making those laws have never done it because they're almost, and I, I'm not saying naive in a negative way. I'm saying it's almost like they really have no concept. That's exactly it. Of, of what, and that somehow, you know, they're going to see people doing this and then it's, uh, going well, to turn it's them like, into... it's like abstinence-only education. Well, if we teach them not to have sex, then they won't have sex. Well, no, that's that's not how it works. <laughs> and that's actually been one of the funniest things in Utah to me all the way around, is that I'm going, wait, so we have a culture that wants big families, they want people to, have, to procreate like mad, but they don't want them to be sexual. <laughs> I'm like, okay, what's wrong with this picture? Um, a whole whole lot. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and I also think it's very funny as from a film perspective, just if I may, um, that uh, I always t- I tell people this, especially my Mormon friends. I'll go. So let me see if I got this right. So, killing people is perfectly okay, but making them on yep. film is not. That is a huge, <laughs> huge, huge point yeah. that I say to people all the time because I have kids and I probably way more liberal than i should be but i i let them watch things like orange is the new black and people are like well have you seen all of the sex in that like, yeah and you know they watch star wars and they watch you know people you know monsters they watch horror movies and stuff have you seen that like what's worse two people having sex or somebody getting their head ripped off yeah together with beer <laughs> Yeah. I, well, no, because you can't do that. Because if you that's go to the, movie, that's the movie, you have to be super, super careful about what movies you watch with your beer. So, anyway, but about this, the Zion ceiling, I, I, I thought it was very interesting that here's the thing that is odd about the architectural design. It's almost like they were planning that. The hole is not a very big hole <laughs> looking down into the bar. And I was looking at it going, so it really... Oh, they can say it costs huge amounts of money, but I was looking and going, that's really not that big of a hole to cover up based on the pictures that I saw. So I went, it's almost like the designers subconsciously went, well, we might have to design ceiling this, so (laughs) let's keep it small. (laughs) Well, I mean, and I think that's part of why it's so absurd that they can't get their liquor license because it is such a small viewing window. You know, I, I just envision, you know, a eight-year-old going to the theater with their parents because if you bring your eight-year-old to a show at Eccles, you're probably a dick anyway. Uh, but <laughs> looking... Old, not that eight-year-olds eight can't enjoy theater, but really don't bring your eight-year-old to a to a production like that. Take them to a high school production. Take them to, right. you know, the, one of the college productions. Uh, and let's be honest, an eight-year-old doesn't want to be to the opera anyway. 
No, I mean, so he may... Well, there might be a few out there, may, but they also have to go to the bathroom a lot more than adults, and that's really annoying. Well, and he may want to, you know, look over, or she may want to look over the balcony, see drinks being made, and then take a swan dive straight into the alcohol. I mean, that's... Because bad. then you do that, and then you appear in front of the liquor store in shabby clothes. Yeah. I think I think you're it's right. It's a portal. That's, that's <laughs> <laughs> so that vortex we're, you're we're talking, talking about, about in Sedona because Lamb's Grill. Lamb's Grill has been in Utah since 1919, and their current location since 1939 in downtown Salt on Main Lake, Street, right on Main Street, it's like second south of Main Street. Yep. I think yeah. Um, and it's it's a really cool place. If you've ever been in there, you, you walk in and there's just a long bar, probably 40 or 50 feet that goes straight back. It's an old lunch style counter. Uh, and then you've got some booths on the side and then it opens up into a bigger room. They have a, a, a place on the side. Um, and so this, this business was bought by a couple in 2011 and they've had a liquor license for as long as they've been open pretty much. And uh, the couple that bought it got a divorce, and as a result of that divorce, the wife and her father bought the other partner's equity, and when they were filed, they, did, they failed to properly file the paperwork for the transfer of the liquor license. So, they have been exempt from the Zion Curtain because they're an existing business and, and they've had a liquor license. They are no longer exempt. Now, for them to get the new liquor license, which they can get, they have to build a Zion curtain. They have to build a wall around this beautiful bar, which is impossible. So now they basically have to move all of their drinks into a back room, and it's really killed their business. They do a ton of business around this time of year and moving into Christmas the holidays for all the holiday parties. They actually have you know twelve private parties that were booked in October, half of which have canceled because they can't serve alcohol. Ouch. I mean, this this is going to very likely kill this business. For it to survive, I think, will be a miracle. And it's a it's a downtown staple, and it's it's a huge business when it comes to getting a drink and a bite to eat before a show. So you're going to go down and go to the Eccles Theater or go to the Rose Wagner Theater. A lot of people will go to Lamb's Grill and have a nice meal and a drink, and they're less likely to do that if they can't get a drink. Right. Now they're going to have to go to Pretty Bird. Once it opens, absolutely. Yeah, pretty bird. <laughs> pretty bird. <laughs> but it's a dip. I mean, pretty bird's going to be delicious, but it's certainly a different. Well, app. It lambs is a Utah institution. It would be like something happening to Ruth's Diner. It's years old. You know, it's. <laughs> I mean, it's been in downtown Salt Lake for like eighty plus years now. All so, for a glitch. Yeah, all because they didn't file the paperwork correctly, and now they have to completely redo it. It's just stupid. It's it's asinine. Speaking of alcohol in Utah, though, <laughs> our uh, our friends up at High West, our beloved High West. I really wish you could see Jeremy's face right now. It, it lights up. It's like the cross that Raven was talking about on the hill. It just it lights. I am the blows. cross in the dark. It's, it's amazing. Well, you should see it when I say racist things. <laughs> he just lights up. Uh, <laughs> Hi, so High West Distillery, it's uh, the first, it was the first uh, distillery in Utah since what? 1870. Yeah, 1870. Uh, they've just sold 
They've just wah, sold wah, wah. to a, uh, a much bigger, much bigger company, Constellation Brands. Who Constellation Brands um, do a lot of beer, so they are the ones that uh, really deal U.S. side of Corona, uh, Modelo, Pacifico. So all your Mexican lagers, essentially. By the way, in case you didn't catch that, Corona, Modelo, Pacifico. They're all run by the same company in the U.S. So uh, this company is essentially like the U.S. version of like Diageo it's, well, or it's like, like, like it's, a, it's, a it's the number three beer company in the country, and they are really just a distributor. They rebottle and distribute. Now, to be fair, High West, while they make their own spirits, none of which are actually for sale yet because they're all still aging, um, they just blend whiskeys anyway. Right? That's kind of what their model's what been. what I hear. They're really good whiskeys, but you're overpaying for them. A lot. But... I think there's some people in Pioneer Park that do that, too. Yeah. <laughs> Make but it's whiskey not really, and it's sell not really it. good whiskey. No, no. <laughs> it's, uh, well, it's made with leftover spice. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, but the cell... Their pumpkin spice is different than everybody else's. <laughs> <laughs> they get those bad pumpkins from from the oh, farmer's yeah. market, and they put spice in them. <laughs> Be really careful when you when somebody tries to sell you something pumpkin spice flavored in when you're Pioneer, by Park. Pioneer Park. <laughs> uh, but 160 million dollars is what they're estimating this transaction's been worth. That's some serious money for. Is a that going to affect their restaurants? Uh, I don't think so. So the plans are to keep all of that stuff open still, keep the 200 employees in the state of Utah. Um, the uh, the face of the company has been um, what's the guy's name David Perkins I think, uh, and he's still going to continue. Husband and wife, yeah, David yeah, and, and, and Perkins. David's going to continue to be the face of High West. So they're not getting rid of the brand. They actually really like the brand. Uh, they want to bring it into their wheelhouse. So it doesn't really mean a lot of bad things, but it means that uh, High West is not really super local anymore. But it's still local, and I can't. I honestly, I can't wait for their whiskey to come out that they've been making. As a as a side note, this article says that uh, rye whiskey sales have skyrocketed six hundred and nine percent between two thousand nine and two thousand fourteen. Go to any in general bar. or to or just to them. In general. In general. Oh. Go to any it's bar. It's trendy right now. They will have the biggest selection of whiskey. It, it's it used to be vodka. It's just not anymore. Just rye whiskey sales, it says, have produced more than hundred and six million in revenue between two thousand nine and two thousand fourteen. Whiskey was also a greater investment in twenty fifteen than gold. Yeah. Than gold? Yep. Well, That's why my closet's full of it. And look, I love seeing Utah. I still a Utah, like gold better. I still like seeing a company in Utah hit it big. And that's sure. exactly what this that's is. That's what they did. Yep. So that's that's a successful story out of the state of Utah. Um, but let's talk, about, uh, let's talk about some more Utah stuff. It is election season. We're a month out. Not even, really. Mm, yeah. Election Less than. season, you make it sound like a hunting season. Uh, exactly. Kind of it. It pretty much is. <laughs> it is. Yeah. The pumpkin spiced, uh, pumpkin spice, spice butthole is, is still running for president. <laughs> I think we um, have the name for this uh, week's episode. Maybe. Man. <laughs> guy's a piece of crap. So, I, look, I'm not going to talk much about the presidential election. Hopefully, you figured out who you're going to vote for. Hopefully, it's the lady in the suit. Uh, or a not. third party. No, because a vote for a third party candidate almost at this point is almost a vote for Trump because you take it away from Hillary. If you don't want to vote for Trump. In, in the state of Utah, quite literally is really a vote pulled from Hillary if, if you vote for like 
crazy Gary Johnson. It really is. Any of the other as opposed to crazy Donald Trump or yeah. Yeah. Well, and and if you look, so one of the things that I want to talk about is is what's on the ballot. So the ballots are going to come out. With the ballots, you'll you'll likely also get the voter handbook that's produced by the state and sent to everyone on a list. Uh, Jess, you are not on that list. That makes so, me sad. Um, but like, even if you look at the race for president on the voter, I mean, there's there's like eight different candidates for president that are going to show up on our ballot. Um, and you can vote for whoever you want. Don't don't mistake me telling just you to vote. Just get out and vote, but really. <laughs> If you, you vote, vote for whoever you want, but I will kill you. Well, <laughs> well no, the reality is this. Local, if, local if, if you decide to vote for a major candidate like Gary Johnson, um, you're definitely taking a vote out of Hillary's hands if that's who you would vote for outside of that. Uh, and Hillary actually has a chance to win in the state of Utah, which is Be ground, pretty like history making actually. With, with the recent Trump you know, tape that comes out, came out, and probably the more that will come out before election time actually hits, uh, Republicans in Utah, even staunch Republicans, are pulling all of their backing for Trump now at this point. John Huntsman, Jason Chaffetz. Yeah, Jason Chaffetz. Governor. Jason yeah. Chaffetz is not backing Trump. That's a, I mean, <laughs> the guy is, the guy is like, oh, there's something that looks kind of like an R. Yeah, I'll go kiss his ass. You know, two or three years from now when they make the documentary and they say that this whole Trump thing was just a publicity thing and he never planned on Oh, winning, it absolutely will be. Uh, yeah, we'll see. So, but there's more on your ballot than just that. There's the vote for U.S. Senate in the state of Utah. Our friend Misty K. Snow is running vote against Misty. Mike Lee. Um, there's a couple other people in that, that race. Uh, you can look at the voter information pamphlet online now if you want. Um, has a lot of information. All of those candidates get to say something. Um, you know, uh, Super Del Shanzi. <laughs> So he's running for office. I don't know about you, but that's what I'm voting for because he said that if I don't vote for him, that I'm going to face God's wrath. <laughs> yeah, um, I think everybody in this room is kind of already there, probably. Uh, if we come, if it comes to that, we'll be. They, they get to they get to kind of write their own little piece, and and his piece. I'm going to read it because it's just so absurd. Because you can't make this shit up. So his piece mostly they read like I'm running for Congress. Because blah, here's my platform. And they'll list two or three high level platform points. Del Shanzi's says righteousness in all caps can solve every problem in the world. God made a promise. As ye keep my commandments, ye shall prosper in the land. The vast majority in our state are against murdering unborn children. You are against perversion and perversion of marriage. You are against more encroachment on your Second Amendment rights. The voice of the people and the Constitution are being utterly mocked. Three, Three exclamation, exclamation points. <laughs> yep. Vote Superdell, Shanzi, or face the judgment of God. He is an owl-kicking mother trucker. (laughs) If even one single state can return to freedom and the Constitution, the entire world would flow unto it. Your honor rests on your vote. You see, can I just interject? (laughs) No, that's one of the things that as an outsider I actually really enjoy about this state (laughs) is that the level of delusion... And, and, and cultural centrism is unparalleled. It's like, 
go to Iran and then come here. And it's the same kind of sort of this world ethnocentrism where they were going to go, yes, and we are, and yes, and the Quran, and yes, ha, ha, ha. And then here it's like, yes, the Book of Mormon, yes. I just had like a really Eddie Izzard moment right there. <laughs> that was amazing. You know? <laughs> no, but uh, it professional really is. Let's all drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs> no, fuck, like I'm a squirrel. There's something going around where they actually showed like a, you know, Alabama or, you know, Mississippi down home. This is my gun. This is my woman, you know, grabber by the hair guy and his ideals and the things that he thinks are important. And then they showed, you know, this fundamentalist Muslim with his AK and, and they're, they're arguing and they're fighting. And then they're like, wait, your wife is, is you know, is, has to wear that. What's the hajib? Is that what's called? Again? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, yeah. They, the women around here, they dress, you know, and she, and, she comes and out and he's like, like she should be back ammo. at home taking care of the kids. Yeah, that's what I think. And, <laughs> and they're like sharing ammo and they're like, you know, I want to make that show sharing ammo. So it, <laughs> it is, it's crazy when you well, stop and look at their actual fundamental beliefs. How crazy that! We'll, we'll actually that share. Person. We'll actually share that video on our blog and up on Facebook <laughs> for you guys. It's it's really quite hilarious. Um, but Super Del Shanti. So he's going to be on your ballot in the state ballot in the state of Utah because he's, he's totally running awesome for governor. You know. You can vote for him over Herbert. Uh, yeah, but you Please should probably vote, vote for Mike, Mike Weinholz. Yeah. That's that's who I'll tell you to vote for, but don't listen to me. Uh, but so Gary Herbert, he's running for like his 50th year in the <laughs> governor's mansion. I mean, really, it's his third term, essentially, because Huntsman quit and he got, what, three years right away? And then he served another full term. So now he's on his really he's third term. Into like 11 years. Yeah, so... And he'll probably freaking win. Um, Don't even throw that out to the universe. Well, sometimes the universe is a very regardless. He's running really for a third term, even if it's technically not a third term. Uh, there's no term limits in the state of Utah for anything. For anything, he could run <laughs> until he dies if he wanted. Like Hatch. Hatch is the next Strom Thurmond. He's going to die he went to the same clinic on the Senate that, floor. Um, that Keith Richards goes ah, to. That explains <laughs> a lot. So, so in, in the U.S. Senate and the U.S. Congress, there's no term limits either. Uh, in the state of Utah, there's been some polling that's been done. Um, it's got about like a 4% you know, error of margin, but 85% of Utah voters would like to see state officials held to term limits, and 88% say they would like the same for federal officials. So why is this not happening? Uh, because you know, we live in the United States of complacency. America. Complacency. So no, 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 no. <laughs> That's the so you know the who you know who sets term limit laws? Mike Lee. Congress. Congress. <laughs> state Congress. National Congress. Damn. And they have to the, give up their own job. Yeah, so Warren Hatch themselves. has to say, well, fuck, the 50 years I've spent here, I don't know what I'm going to do when I go home. I'm going to be a greeter at the Walmarts. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm going to go imagine? ahead and keep my seat here. I'm not going to write legislation. So the way you get term limits to be enforced, guys, is to vote out incumbents. Vote out the current people that are holding office. I don't give a shit if they have an R next to their name. They're probably dumbasses like Chris Stewart anyway. <laughs> Just can, tell it how it is, Chris. Don't yeah, hold back. You can easily vote out your incumbents. Look at that voter pamphlet. Um, you're going to have a lot scared. of information on there. 
your local candidates, your school board candidates. Look at judges' records. We have jackasses residing on positions in the federal courts. All of this stuff is is public. Whenever judges and stuff come up, they all have to publish all of their bios all on their how decisions you, yep, and how they how they vote. You, how all you that can happens. see when you don't like judges. Hey, if you happen to be a conservative person listening to this podcast and you don't like the judge that overturned, you know the gay marriage uh, ban that they had in place. So you could vote him out. That That's your ability as a voter is you could vote him out. I'll throw a punch you if you do that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's going to have any effect since now it's a federal <clears throat> That's law. So, so it, you're, you're, you're good. You're good. But uh, there's also constitutional amendments. In some counties, there's propositions. There's not any crazy hot ones like Prop 8, but there are a couple worth mentioning. So constitutional amendment B, this is what our legislature is taking their time to do. Um, constitutional amendment B, the legislature has proposed uh, changing the way we handle the state school fund. So the state school fund is this fund that started at about $18 million, has grown to $2.2 billion. It's funds that are invested pretty much in the stock market. Um, right now, they have to be safely invested, and the only thing that can be paid out to schools each year is interests, uh, interest and dividends. There's no cap on the amount. It just can only be interest and dividends, which seems about right. That's how most people deal with money in the stock market, right? You buy and sell, but you really only pay yourself what you make on interest and dividends each year. Right. Um, the state is proposing that we change that. We change the way that we uh, describe how we invest from safely to uh, prudent. And that we safely to prudent. Why am I hearing George W. Bush and the Social Security? Wouldn't be prudent. <laughs> Wouldn't be prudent. <laughs> and then the other big change has to do with how we spend the money. So we go from interest and dividends to earnings, which means if you make money on sell of the stock, that can be counted as earnings. You can now spend that money. I don't think the fund grew from eighteen million to two point two billion over time without reinvesting the earnings. So if we want that fund to continue to grow and provide more money, I think we ought to keep those earnings intact. The other big change to it is restricting spending, which is now not restricted other than it can't exceed interest and dividends, restricting that spending to 4%. Um, and that has to do with keeping some of the earnings going back, I think. But ultimately, it's going to limit what we can spend out of that fund as it grows. So you can vote for or against it. Uh, it was pretty clear cut in Congress. Uh, Democrats didn't really like it. Got to keep um, those art programs in check. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Screw those kids. <laughs> well, we pretty uppity. much already do well, that. Like, all they do is turn up to do. All they do is turn up and end up living in crack neighborhoods and homeless areas. So, <laughs> hey, hey, hey! My part of the neighborhood is good. Okay, <laughs> just not, just your, not back your back porch. door. Just not the back porch. <laughs> I live up. The other uh, <laughs> the other big constitutional amendment has to do with taxing tangible personal property that's used by state and local agencies. So right now, if a school district, for example, buys a copier, they don't have to pay property tax on that. So a copier is not like a home printer. It's $30,000, $40,000 piece of equipment a lot of times for these big industrial copiers. Now, a lot of times, school districts, state offices, city offices will lease this equipment from, say, locally Les Olson Company, for example. Mm -hmm. So they pay this company some amount to lease this equipment. They take care of it, all this other crap. Basically, so they don't have to shell out forty grand 
and then have a copier break and shell out more money to fix it. Well, right now, if they lease from Les Olson Company, Les Olson Company still has to pay property tax on the copier because they own it. This amendment would say Les Olson Company no longer has to pay property tax on that if they are leasing it to a state or government agency. The argument for it is those taxes shouldn't be getting paid uh, because they never return fully to the jurisdiction they come out of. So the school district that's that tax is being paid. But the school district doesn't pay the tax. Les Olson Company does. So the argument against it is this. Les Olson Company should still be paying that tax. They're making money on it. That's part of the reason that it's there. Regardless of who they're making money from, they're making money on it. Now, that money is oftentimes the property tax is actually rolled into the lease. So the school does end up paying it one way or the other. Well, a lot of times they turn them in before they're like confunct anyway. And then... Les Olson can sell that used equipment and the school can get yeah, a copy. And the amendment, the amendment does say, you know, if it returns to them, they still have to pay property tax on it. Honestly, to me, it, it feels like just protecting business in a way from paying additional taxes. And I think they get enough loopholes. They don't need another one to, to not pay taxes on stuff. But that's my opinion. Hmm. The only question I'd have about it is that the the level of depreciation on those copiers, that equipment, is going to be high. Yeah. They're high volume users, which means by the time they're done with them. By the time the school's them, done with them, they're, they're not They're dead. They're, they're, they're going into There's no a, tax on them left anyway. Yeah, they're they're going into the recycle bin probably. So I I don't know. I, I, I can see the logic of it. I can go, you know, yeah, because these people are – they're basically – because the truth is, they're already paying taxes in their own way in other yeah, ways exactly. that are already supporting the school. So they're footing the bill twice. I think that probably is the argument. They're footing the bill twice in their own little way. So I, I, I can see the logic of it, you know. So, I mean, those are the amendments. There's not a, uh, anything else that's really big. The, f- the First Amendment change is just basic language. No one's even arguing against it. But that's the kind of stuff the voter packet has, and that's the kind of stuff you should really be looking at. Look at your state and local officials. Look at your council members. If you're in an area where council members are going to be elected, a lot of new, a lot of new townships uh, after last election cycle have popped up. Kearns, Mill Creek, they all have to be townships now. Um, just the way they they change the laws. Vote for your council members. Vote for your school board members. They're the ones that actually make changes that impact you. That's where your vote's going to count. Yeah, if you don't like the fact that your next door neighbors have a chicken coop next to your house. (laughs) Get a shotgun. Oh, wait. Well, (laughs) our neighbors were fine. It was the neighbors next to the neighbors that suck. But that's what I'm saying. If you don't like that they have that, then then, then, uh, go talk to your councilman. Elect someone into your city council that will make a change there in those city ordinances or county council and, and the changes they can make there. You keep looking like you want to say I know something. <laughs> she, like, she, she's gotten progressively quieter and she's holding the mic with more, <laughs> like, shall we say, resilience. With intent. Like, I keep expecting her to break into like a full rap rhyme of some kind, like she's going to start, you know, busting it down. <laughs> you never know. So, we're going to be at the Halloween Expo this weekend. Um, Again, October 14th, 15th, and 16th at the Southtown Expo Center. Uh, come see us. Uh, come tell us what you love and what you hate about things. If you hate me berating Josh all the time or, you know, hate Josh getting um, tired by the end of the show, uh, let us know um, what we can do to uh, make your life better or talk more about Utah. Um, 
we'll have lots and lots of content. We're going to record lots of stuff. We'll be doing some Facebook Live stuff while we're there. Um, that's about it. Josh isn't here, so... Uh, He's probably already asleep, to be honest with you, if I know him. <laughs> he didn't look in good condition when I saw him earlier today, so... so. He really was sick, then. He wasn't... Paid. No, he, he really was. So... Uh, yeah, he tried to blame that on me, but I felt just fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, say goodnight, Jess. Oh, good night. I get the fuck out of my house. Wait, I don't have a sign-off. Nope.